Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Revelation 16.12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now, it's no harder uh, for faith to believe that uh, the waters of the Red Sea, you know, they said went across on dry ground. And, and the Jordan River later, under Joshua, the Lord, quick as those priest's feet touched their water, you know, that the waters parted. Now, did that water part? Did, did they go across? They went across, everyone of them went across safely. Well, uh, I don't know that, uh, uh, that it would take any more faith to believe that the Euphrates, uh, went dry. When you cut off the source of its water, why, it, it permitted these, uh, the kings, whoever they are, and the Bible doesn't say, and we're in a section in chapter 16, 17 to 18, that identification, uh, is not the, is not as important as knowing, uh, what is going to take place. Uh, uh, it, it, it's not important for me to know who those ten kings are. Uh, the curiosity, uh, of course, well, who are they? That, that, uh, that gives you kind of a, a little incentive to study, you'd like to know. Well, now someday you will know. Somebody will be living uh, that uh, may, the history might, uh, the condition of the world will be such that uh, you can, wouldn't, won't be in trouble uh, to determine. But, uh, but at the present time, why, uh, all we have, all we have to know, uh, be content with the fact that the Bible does teach that the Euphrates, which was the boundary line of Palestine, and the Jews have never occupied that territory. Uh, you know, Damascus, Syria, all of that is in the territory of, uh, of Palestine. And, uh, that never has been, uh, and not even Solomon. Solomon, uh, of course, his influence and his power was so great that he received tribute from uh, uh, that territory. But as far as being actually king and having dominion over the people, uh, uh, they they had their little tribes here and there up along in Syria. They had their own uh, kingdoms. Uh, but, but the Euphrates River is a very important river. It ran right through Babylon, you know, uh, Euphrates, uh, according to history, uh, Cyrus diverted the channel, you know, in uh, the river into a temporary uh, channel of what they call moats and uh, went right in that night while Belshazzar was having his, having his uh, party for his, uh, and, and the people 
And here's another thing, because at this time, uh, you need to remember it. Uh, at the time that Babylon was captured, there were people, according to history, uh, the historians uh, say that uh, there were people in Babylon that it took them three days to, before they found out that Cyrus uh, had had entered uh, uh, Babylon and then captured it and had uh, dethroned Belshazzar and had taken over. Well, uh, why why did I mention that? Uh, it's because of the prophecies upon Babylon. Uh, the the Bible uh, speaks that uh, about the fall of Babylon uh, and uh, that there'll be nothing left. Uh, and yet, out of the uh, the fall of ancient Babylon, the uh, there's a town called Hilla that uh, the, uh, the the stones were taken from Babylon, a great stone, and built a city, not twenty miles from uh, where the original Babylon stood. Uh, but the Bible prophesies that in not one stone there'll be no. Uh, uh, nothing left. In other words, it'll be uh, completely destroyed. So that gives rise to uh, the when we get to chapter 17 and 18 uh, as to understanding the Babylon there. And is it literal Babylon? Is it a revived Babylon? Or, or is, is it a symbolical term? Now, there, there's no question that Babylon in the Bible is used uh, in a symbolic way. Uh, to them because it comes from the word Babel. See, Nimrod was the founder of the uh, of the city, which was Babel. Uh, and Babylon is just another uh, uh, way of saying the same word. Now, uh, you take this literal what we read now. I I, uh, I take it literal, uh, but I wouldn't fight with anybody that says it's. Figurative, because uh, the river Euphrates is a river, uh, and it's a boundary line. It's always been uh, the boundary line. It was a boundary line for the Roman Empire. That's as far as the Roman Empire ever extended. And there, at the time, there were still what is known the Parthians lived uh, east of the Euphrates River, who were very skilled uh, with the bow and arrow. And Rome even feared them because they they were the hordes. They were so many, but uh, they they were afraid they was going to come across the Euphrates, you know, because uh, Babylon, uh, Median, Persia, and uh, Syria, and uh, Asia Minor, which at that time was called Lydia, uh, and Pergamus was the uh, was a great town. Well, of course, all that was Roman territory. But when Babylon fell, Pergamus became the uh, the center of uh, Babylonian idolatry and and uh, religious uh, carrying ons. In other words, this, uh, there was a king by the name of Attalus. Uh, when he died, he willed Pergamus, and that's this that's the the city. One of the churches was addressed to the church at Pergamus. See. Of course, this was long before this letter was written uh, to this church at Pergamus. But uh, Pergamus as a territory uh, was willed to Rome 
at the death, uh, at his death. And, of course, uh, they had all sorts of mystery religion in Pergamos. Pergamos was his headquarters for all sorts of idolatrous worship, see, and emperor worship. And you can read uh, uh, profane history, and uh, and you read about uh, some of the most uh, sh- most shocking things uh, that you can uh, can read. Uh, and of course, uh, about Rome too, as far as that's But now Babylon, see, Babylon moved from. In its seat of government, moved from the original Babylon to Pergamos, and then from Pergamos to Rome. That's the reason. Now I make mention of that because of its possibility of it being a symbolical background. Because yet uh, Babylon, see uh, the the uh, the territory of Pergamos under Attalus, uh, and many years after him, uh, that is uh, before him, before he uh, th- that territory was saturated with. Uh, with mystery worship, which in all of it had uh, 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 had women uh, like the uh, the hill of Corinth, you know, up above there, that big rock. You know. Well, they had a, they kept a thousand women there, and to have intercourse with any one of those women in Corinth, it was a sign of uh, of a long life. And fruitful life. See, that was the worship. It was a, it was an act of worship, and uh, for the people to, uh, to do that, to have fornication. See now, and that's the, that's the, uh, that's what we're going to. Uh, then just uh, we'll get a little of that in the 17th chapter about the harlot. You see, that's upon him. So, well, uh, verse 13 says, now I, I take it that the river uh, was actually dried up. I take it that it was for the purpose of the kings of the east making their preparations to for the battle uh, of Armageddon. See the final battle. They're getting ready to uh, uh, to join the other kings of the earth uh, to fight uh, to wage war against uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we're getting uh, on the verge of the showdown, the last battleground between God uh, and, uh, and the beast. Uh, for now, we're in the sixth seal, you see. All right? The, uh, and every time, if you'll notice, in the sixth seal, the sixth trumpet, and the sixth bowl now, you come right up to the end. You come right up ready for the coming of Christ. And yet, when, when that time comes, why, instead of the coming of Christ... Why he reveals you something and gives you a picture of some other, some other events that's going to happen. Alright, and leaves you in suspense, so to speak. Alright, verse 13 says, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. That's the first time you Read about him. And uh, now there's, here's three demons, three spirits, unclean spirits. Now it's the same uh, usage of the demons that uh, just like Jesus cast out at different times, like at Gadda, the man of Gadara. Uh, when he cast out, his name was Legion because he had many spirits in him. See, 
right? And they wanted to go into the hogs and so on. Alright, now here, uh, there was three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth. One comes out of the dragon, one comes out of the beast, and the other comes out of the false prophet. Now there's your trinity, your evil trinity, just like there's a trinity uh, in the Godhead. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the, in the trinity of evil is Satan, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Now you're going to read of their destiny in the 19th and 20th chapters of, of Revelation. The beast and the false prophet have, uh, are committed into the lake of fire prior to the millennium. The dragon, the chief, the head, Satan himself, is not committed to the lake of fire until after the thousand years are over. Is prophet a man, brother man? Yes, I, 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 I think so. I think it'll be a, a beast, an angelic yeah. being, or is that a well. No, I believe he, I believe the beast will be a, a, a human being. There's two men here, uh, and and Satan. By Satan. Right. Uh, it's the same. That's right. You see, in the beast, uh, uh, in Revelation 13, you had two beasts. You yeah. see. All right, but now that second beast was just the first beast henchman. See, he was he, he did whatever the uh, the beast wanted. Now, you're going to find, we'll run into these kings. Now, notice, verse 14 says, For they are the spirits of demons. Not devils, demons. There's only one devil. Anytime devils is in the plural in the King James translation, uh, uh, read it as demons, because that's what it is, evil spirit. It has nothing to do with a personal devil. See, all right? Uh, but they are uh, the, the spirits, uh, they are his spirits, evil spirits, just like angels. There's a uh, good angel, there's evil angels, see. Uh, for they are the spirits of demons working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world. Now you notice, see, we've got kings of the east up there in verse 12. Now, in verse 14, we've got kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now, brother, uh, if you uh, allegorize this, spiritualize it, or uh, make it symbolical, uh, and, of course, all preachers say, oh, this is already passed, they make this, uh, uh, the first bow, judgment, they make that the, the evil doctrine that sprang up under the French Revolution. And from there on, see. Well, uh, and they have these occurring in history. And, of course, those uh, that interpret the book of Revelation from a, a historical standpoint find that, that it is in the past, well, they find some event in history that this, uh, and apply it to. But then, uh, uh, you've gotten, you have nothing that would indicate it. I mean, nothing would say, well, why is it this event instead of that one? And, uh, as 
you have as many, almost as many different interpretations um, by the preterist and the historic view as you have interpreters, because they 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 see uh, strongly a parallel uh, of this event in history, and because you can find awful uh, deeds which were done all right in the past, uh, like murder, but you don't find. Uh, waters turn into blood. Well, they don't believe that this is water being turned blood. See, they don't believe that these are real sores. They believe it's sores. It's doctrinal sores, religious sores. It's false doctrine creeping in, corrupting the church. You see, things of that nature. Well, I uh, I, I don't see that as uh, the way to interpret the Book of Revelation. That's all. These spirits working miracles is something to be on the learn about in it. Yes. In the day we live in. Huh? Right, right. Because, you see, that's what Paul said. If another, even if an angel from heaven come to you preaching any other thing, see? All right. Well, now, uh, uh, Jesus warned about false Christ and false prophets. See? And that Satan transforming himself into an angel of light. Well, this morning on uh, they had a <clears throat> program on television uh, where the federal government has uh, instituted just exactly what I predicted when uh, when old uh, Jim Jones got killed. Well, they're making a, 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 this person was on on television this morning giving their findings, what they had found all day. California, huh? Yeah, that man, that, that Guyana incident. Jim Jones was a head of People's Temple Outfit, see, was based in San Francisco, and then they had a church in Los Angeles. But then they moved, they left the uh, church in uh, San Francisco, but they moved 910, 11 of them, I believe it was, uh, moved on down to uh, Guyana, and it was there that they had this mass suicide and murder. Right. So, but you need to tell me that uh, Jim Jones committed suicide. And that's what I told them the morning in that sermon. You know, I believe you, I don't know where you taped that or not, but uh, I preached uh, on that the following Sunday. And uh, I, I told them that Jim Jones, uh, there's never in history, not one, where any false leader, false uh, Messiah, or false Christ, so to speak, and he cl- claimed to be God, he claimed to be Christ, You'll never find where one in history has ever committed suicide, uh, but he thought he was God and he was going to live. Old, uh, this old, uh, uh, Bishop, uh, Johnson, S.C. Johnson, uh, he, he raised a big, cut a big path in this church. He, he's the founder of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ of the Apostolic Faith. And all oh, he'd brag and boast and shout and defy the whole religious world to come against him, you know. He says, I defy you, and he'd, he'd put up the money and so forth and so on uh, for anybody to challenge his doctrine. He was a one uh, Jesus only, one, uh, no no trinity, see, uh, and that was his main doctrine. But uh, he said that he was going to live till Christ come back, but he happened to go on a vacation down in Jamaica, I believe it was, some of the islands, and uh, he died of a heart attack on down there. But since then, his church split, and this church will do the same thing. Whenever a founder of a church 
dies, why it'll split and there'll be two or three divisions. And uh, of course, uh, Herbert W. Armstrong the other day, uh, you know, the the government uh, put a temporary uh, uh, lien on his property, and uh, and and so he was on television, and uh, of course he they they had. They had, uh, I've forgotten how many, 60, I believe it was. They had 60 federal marshals to march right into his church building, Ambassador College, where the church meets. Was that this week or last week? Last week, I believe it was. And, and they, uh, uh, they were going to, uh, see his records. They demanded to see his membership role and his financial role, what he, where he got his money and what he did with his money. Now, uh, I have no sympathy for uh, Herbert W. Armstrong's religion whatsoever. But if the federal government can march into Herbert W. Armstrong's church, see, uh, they can do it any time they want to. If there's a, if there is, they want to. Now, uh, of course, for the time being, uh, the federal government uh, will con- will confine their activity what to what they call fringe religion. See. And cult religions, and to them it'll be somebody that's emphasizing uh, uh, to be some great man, miracle worker, or something like that. And they'll, of course, pick on uh, Pentecostal groups or uh, or groups that uh, emphasize that they are uh, the Christ or they only speak for God. You know, nearly all the cults will tell you, well, they're the only one that's right. You know, that's uh, if you don't believe what we preach, why then you're goner. Of course, there's other churches that do that. The big ones, because the big churches, big denomination today, once were small cults when they had their beginning. But uh, I just uh, point that out because now uh, th- this this group, yeah, now these spirits uh, of demons, they're working miracles. Now, not, they're not just out there all doing, uh, taking care of their own self. But they have power. Uh, why, the, what happened to this this uh, second beast? Had power to build. He made an image of the first beast and caused this image to speak. And that image in turn spoke and said uh, that unless they worship the beast, this image now was speaking to the inhabitants of the earth and said, unless you worship the beast, well, then you're going to be killed. Now, that's what the image said. That wasn't what the uh, this person said. But it was the image that the that this false prophet had power. God gave him the power. It was given unto him. See, that's the same thing as this expression here. And he had power. And they saw that the power that was the miraculous power of God. Well, now it says they working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Uh, Elsewhere in the Bible, this day is called the day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, or simply the day of God or that day. And sometimes it's called the last day. You just go through, take your concordance and, and read about the day of the Lord and the day of Christ. All right, now, one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, 
most uh, interesting uh, pa- passages that uh, relate is chapter uh, Joel chapter three, uh, and you'll uh, well let, let, let's just read a few verses uh, from it. Uh, uh, Joel chapter three verse nine. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say I am strong, assemble yourselves and come all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about thither because uh, thy mighty ones to come uh, uh, cause thy mighty winds to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be w- wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion, and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Now, brother, that's some... Uh, now, you notice in this passage of Joel, uh, he speaks about the uh, uh, about the press, the wine press. And uh, he speaks of the sickle. He speaks of the wickedness has come to the full. And he, uh, he says, talks about the valley uh, of the seizure. Uh, the sun and the moon shall be darkened, the stars shall withdraw their shining. And then the Lord shall roar and shall shake the earth. But the Lord will be the hope of his people. Now then, let's just read the rest of this. Uh, and it says, uh, Behold, I come, all right, verse 14, uh, speaks of the battle, of the battle. Uh, and of course, uh, the reference uh, is to Armageddon, but we'll get to that down two verses down. But now, now notice, it is the custom or the uh, uh, the manner of the Book of Revelation. The moment that you have the impending battle, that you'll have a digression, uh, just as the swords. Uh, seem to clash, to meet, and the battle is going to take place, but then you have a different scene. Now, that's what you have here in verse 15. Verse 15 has nothing to do with the battle of Armageddon, or has nothing to do with this, uh, these kings coming up here. But now notice what it is. He says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see a shame. Now see, here is God again uh, calling upon uh, his people. 
reminding them, warning them, encouraging them. See, uh, I, about him, about his coming, that he's telling them that I'm going to come as a thief. Now he's not coming as a thief to the children of God, but he'll come as a thief to uh, uh, to the world, to the kings of the earth, because they know not. Uh, I mean, they're not expecting him. They're not looking for him. Now, uh, the coming as a thief has nothing to do with the purpose of his coming. The only thing, the only thought here is that he's, uh, is the unexpectedness of his coming. See? Now, a thief, uh, you know, Jesus said if, if a man knew when the thief was coming, he would have been awake, he would have, uh, he, he would have been prepared that the thief would not enter. Well now then, it's the unexpectedness, it's the time when that's involved. Now, it's true. There are um, uh, good lessons uh, other than the unexpectedness with reference to a thief. A thief never goes into a building to take something that's valueless and worthless, does he? Well, he certainly doesn't do that. But now the thief, Jesus is not coming as a thief to take his children home. But now that's the pre-tribber's view, see. The pre-tribber says that Christ is going to come as a thief. And he's going to catch his own out. Well, now, uh, God's not going to be ashamed of his, uh, of his people. He's redeemed them. He's coming back to fulfill it, to complete it. The redemption of the body, see. Uh, but the only thing that's, uh, that's, uh, that the, the idea here is that, uh, uh, that the battle, even the battle of Armageddon, the last big battle, that's not the primary thing, that's not the destiny, that's not the end of history, that's not what we're looking forward to. The Lord stops and says, I'm coming. Wants the people upon this earth, the children of God, to know that the main thing about the destiny of this world is the return of Christ. Not what's going to happen to, to the kings of the earth. Not what's going to happen to Satan. And yet it tells us what's going to happen to him, alright. Tells us what's going to happen to the kings of the earth. But he stops us to remind us that behold I come. And that's the way Genesis, and that's the way Revelation began. Revelation 1, 7 tells you, behold, he cometh. He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see it. That was what was predicted of it. And the first, third verse, behold, uh, uh, he, he, he says that uh, I come quickly. Alright, over in, uh, in the, when, he, when we get to the end of this, you're go, he's going to look back upon it all. When you write it, when you seal it up, let him know I'm coming and I'm coming quickly. Now that's the main lesson. Why? It's the establishment of the kingdom of God, God's rule upon this earth. Not just uh, see the end of history as being the downfall of the kings of this earth and God wiping away this uh, whole business and 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 forgetting it, blowing it out, of, uh, annihilate it, and then take his people to heaven. Well, now that's the general uh, view that most uh, people that... Uh, I come in contact have. They, they, God's going to be through this world someday and, and he's going to blow it up, see, and burn it up and forget about it and take us all to heaven. We're going to be in heaven. Well, now, that's, that's not the end. 
And that's why this verse is here. This verse is put here to remember I'm coming and I'm coming as a thief. Unexpected to the world. But he reminds them to be diligent. That's the, and to watch. Now, that's the greatest argument for the pre-tribbers. Uh, the English, uh, there is no exact uh, equivalent in meaning of the word watch in Greek and the word watch in English. Now, when we uh, tell you, well, now you stay here and watch for me. Well, uh, uh, you're, that means you stay here and look. Take your physical eyes and keep a watch on that. You know, you don't have to look at it all the time, but uh, you go back here five or ten minutes or fifteen or twenty minutes, but you come back out here and keep a watch on my car or, or watch on these events. It's it's a it's a looking after something. See, but now watch in the Greek. To the Greeks meant to be awake. It just means to be alert, to be diligent. It has nothing to do with the physical eye keeping track of anything. It's an attitude. It's a state. And uh, when uh, uh, when the Bible uh, tells us to watch, be sober and watch, it doesn't mean to uh, uh, sit there and, and gaze uh, physically upon something. Well, Jesus said uh, here, he said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now, he is reminding uh, uh, his people, one that has his mark, see, to spiritual diligence. Occupy till I come. That's, that was what the Lord, when the Lord went away, uh, he didn't mean go out on the mount and gaze and watch for his coming. See, or to think that he's going to come back the next day. You be diligent in the work of the Lord. You be about the master's business. But whenever he comes, you know he's going to come. Because he said he was coming back. He told him he's coming back. Uh, and uh, so, uh, in the meantime, uh, the expression "occupy till I come" means to. Uh, take the pounds, the talents, see, and so on, and keep them busy till he comes. He talked about the nobleman that went in the far country, you know, and they, they said, oh, well, he'd be gone a long time, and, and then there's a man, he just starts getting bossy around there, showing his authority, starts beating them up here and there, you know. And then what happened? That man, the lord of that, uh, the master of that uh, uh, boy came when he didn't expect it, you see. And he caught him. All right. Uh, so that's the that's the point here. Well, is there some way or another that this man that, that has kept his garment will be in better shape and the one that was found naked and he's coming in a in some way or another? Oh yes, I the reward and right. I I think that the uh, I think they there will be a group, and I think it'll be a, a considerably large group. Uh, there'll be a shame that is coming, see, when he comes, uh, because of that very thing. Because then the, the day is going to come uh, uh, when uh, people are going to be judged, uh, and and God's people are going through an awful judgment at, at this particular time uh, upon the earth. See, I mean, when these events come to pass, and uh, you'll be, there'll be. Uh, you'll have to declare. 
there's no such thing as hiding one's identity. In fact, uh, uh, this, uh, that, that's the purpose of verse, for, uh, verse 15 is to remind God's people, uh, to be diligent, active, and watchful. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.